Thank you to Jayroots Radio, jrootsradio.com, Jayroots Radio on Facebook, Jayroots Radio apps. If you'd like to come and join us, live action, Al-Lebanon, every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We're starting Parashat Ve'alotecha, Le'alun Ishmat, Mordechai, Marco, Ben Victoria, Ruach Hashem, Ben Yehenu, Ben Aydin. So on the morning of November 18, 2014, two Palestinian men from Yerushalayim entered Keilat Benet Horashu Synagogue in the hard north neighborhood of Yerushalayim, attacked the praying congregants with knives, axes, and a gun. It was called the Hargrove Massacre. Four victims lost their life. One of the four victims' names was Rav Moshe Tversky, Hashem. So his student, Rabbi Zev Eider, I saw this online, he recounts a story that happened with this rabbi. And the story was, I'll read you verbatim. One very rainy day, when all of us Bahurim got to the Shi'ur room, we found that it was flooded. It didn't seem like we could possibly have a Shi'ur in such a situation. So we all just waited there, outside the door, not knowing what we should do. When Rabbi arrived, Rabbi that passed away, we told him about the situation. Our assumption is that he would either determine an alternative venue for the show that day, or if no other option was feasible, cancel the show for that day. But only two words came out of his mouth. Lama nigara. In Hebrew, the word is lama nigara. In English, it translates to why shall we be cut off? Why should we lose out? And with that, he walked right into the flooded room to his seat at the desk in the front, followed by all his faithful, his faithful troops, excuse me. Which means, he saw a situation. Yes, maybe I'm absolved in learning Torah at this moment. Maybe I should cancel the class. Maybe I should move the class. But why should I be cut off? I want to learn. I want to learn Torah. I'm trying to do everything possible to learn Torah. So now I see an obstacle in my way, so big deal. So I still go through. And in the flooded room, they went all sat down in the flooded room, learned Torah. Where is this concept from? Why shall we be excluded, cut off, lose out? This week's parasha, we have the mitzvah of Pesach Shani. I read you the Pesukim. B'nai Israel says, V'ya'atuta Pesach barishon asad yom l'chodesh b'nai arba'i. On the 14th day of Chodesh Nisan, Am Yisrael performed the Korban Pesach. There were a few men, two men actually. They couldn't arrive in time to do the Korban Pesach. So they come to Moshe. They come to Moshe and Aharon. These two men tell Moshe and Aharon, We are impure. We performed something, which we'll see, and it made us impure. Why are we being cut off, excluded? Why shall we lose out on the Mizvah of Korban Pesach? You have 600,000 men except two. They all made Korban Pesach. They sacrificed because they were Tahos. We were Tameh. Why are we losing out on the Mizvah? Moshe says that's a great question. 
עמדו ואשמעה מה יפדה השם לכם. One of three times משה, I don't know the answer, hold up, let me ask הקדוש ברוך הוא. How lucky is משה רבינו, as she said, how fortunate and lucky משה רבינו is whatever he wanted, the line is open, you can just talk to השם as if I talk to you. וידבר השם אל משה לאמור, השם speaks to משה and says, דבר אל בני ישראל לאמור. איש איש כי יהיה טמא לנפש, או בדרך רחוקה לכם, או לדורותיכם, ועשה פסח להשם. The president is impure, and he was not able to make it on the 14th day of חודש ניסן. בחודש השני, בארבעה עשר יום בין העזבים, a month exactly, one month in חודש אייר. יעשו אותו על מצות ומרורים יאכלוהו. אבימי פסח שני, exactly the same laws that apply to פסח ראשון on the 14th day of Nisan, shall they do on the 14th day of Nisan called פסח שני. From here we have the מזבח of פסח שני. Now here's the question. The Rebbe of Rabbah is a beautiful piece, and he brings out about this whole story of פסח שני. And he asks, So now you're absolved from making Pesach. Pesach. You can't do Pesach. You're telling me. Hashem did not give you the mitzvah of making, uh, as if, uh, you know, when we were young kids, what do we say? A do-over, right? We all want to do-over. I missed that. I want to do-over. Hashem didn't give you that option. In fact, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give you that option. Let me ask you a question. Comes to court. On the first day, it says, Okay? Okay? Shehiyanu, I must do the first day. I did not do it on the first day. The second day, I can do it because that's my first time that I'm doing it. I didn't do it on the second day. The third day, I had the reaction. If I didn't do the whole eight days dulab, can I come after Sukkot and shake a dulab? Not only can I not say Shehiyanu, I cannot even make a barakha because it only applies in Sukkot. Shofar. I did not blow the Shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Can I blow it and I'll take the Shofar with the barakha? No. Megillah, I lost that on Megillah. Can I make it after Purim? No. Matzah, I did not eat Matzah on Pesach. Can I make it up? No. So now, you do not have to make the mitzvah. All of a sudden, you come to complain against Moshe Rabbeinu. Hey, it's not fair. We're cut off. We're excluded. We lost out. So fine, you weren't able to do it. able to do Why are you so stubborn? Why did they come to him and they shown that they use Lam and Nigara? Why are you excluding us, Moshe? Why are we cut off? They came with him like with audacity, if you want to call it, with some uh, brazen. They were very brazen and said, why are we missing out on this mitzvah? And what did Hashem say? You're right. You lost out on the mitzvah. You're right. I will give you a redo. I will give you a do-over. Where Hashem doesn't give us a do-over in any other mitzvah, only in Pesach Shani. Not only that, Rashi says, on this week's parashah shamachim. She said on this week's parasha, this, that they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, why are we being cut off? Why are we losing out? We want to do over. This was the disgrace of B'nai Israel. Disgrace of B'nai Israel. Now, when we read it on the surface, we say, hey, they're right. They want to do the mitzvah. They weren't able to do the mitzvah. They want to do the mitzvah. So Hashem gives it to them. But Rashi said this was a disgrace to Ben Yisrael. Rashi's words are, Yenutan shel Yisrael. Shelo ekribu b'midbar e-pesach ze-bilbad. This was the only time in 40 years that they performed and sacrificed a korban pesach. And this was a disgrace to Ben Yisrael. Now, 
Why is it disgrace to B'nai Israel? They came to you. They requested to do the Pesach. You gave them the okay. They did the Pesach. Why is this a disgrace to B'nai Israel? Not only that. Not only that am I going to say, the Allah Shabbi says, not only am I going to say it's not a disgrace for them. In fact, they weren't able to make the Korban Pesach and the Midbar. There's the Rashi, Parashat Bo, Perek Yod Bet, Pasuk Hafei. Rashi HaKadosh says, Vahi Vahayati Tabo Wela Arif. When you come to the land of Eritrea, when can they perform? Can they make the sacrifice of Korban Pesach? Only when they come to Eretz Israel. The only time they were obligated to make Korban Pesach was now. To the 40th day of the first month of Nisan. The 40 years they were obligated to make Korban Pesach. Now you're telling me, these two men that came in with and they wanted to do over, it was a disgrace to be said, How is it a disgrace? Hashem told us, you're not obligated to make the Qurban Pesach the whole time you're in the Mizbah. What are you obligated to make the Qurban Pesach when you get to Israel? So why is it a disgrace to be in Israel? That's the question, Michael. I'll be going to the question before I continue. You know, when you come to the shul, and you see the shul closed, in a way, you're happy. Why? Because I did my part. I really don't want to sit there for an hour and hear this guy speaking. But you know what? I'm going because I don't want him to be upset at me, whatever your reason is. But when you find the shoe closed, or you get a text message, the class is canceled, what do you say? I came. I even photographed myself with a selfie. Hey, I came to the class. I didn't do anything wrong. So what my part, I did. But in a way, you're happy that absolved now from doing it. These two men were not happy that they were absolved. These two men had such a teshuka, a desire. They had such a yearning that they wanted to make Korban Pesach. Anybody else can say, Moshe, you make Korban Pesach, so fine, you lost out on the Mitzvah. No, not that we lost on the Mitzvah. We want to do it so much. We have such a yearning, a desire to make Hashem's Mitzvah. And Hashem says, ah, these two men out of 600,000 men, whereas if any other man would have found himself not being able to do this guy, he would be happy. But these two men came over to me, specifically Moshe says, that they want to do the Qurban Pesach. I will give them, Hashem said, I will give them another chance because of the yearning that they had. And Rehavah Shreddy finishes his behalf, smooth if you want to call it, and says, if we bang on the table with such a yearning, with such a desire for Hashem to bring the Mashiach, 100% Mashiach will come right now. The problem is we're complacent. We're comfortable in our situation. Why do I need Mashiach? What's Mashiach going to do for me? I have a job, paying the bills, I have a house, Baruch Hashem. I could afford the life. What do I want Mashiach for? You don't know how much you're missing with Mashiach, we explain what's on the question. And he said, if you bang on the table, don't speak on the shulchan, he said, you spoke on the shulchan. If you bang on the table and you say, I have a desire, I have a yearning, a strong yearning for Mashiach to come, just as this, just like these two men, the Nidbar had the yearning to make a Bapesa, Mashiach would come on the spot. We see from here a very important lesson. Anything in life, if you don't have a desire to do, you will never do it. Same sign is, if there's a will, there's a way. So you find the shoe closed. 
What can you do? You can go home. What should you do? Go to another class. Right? What can you do? Go home. What should you do? Go find another class. Fine, so uh, everybody says, I know Surahamana Patri. Listen, I did my part. I don't have to do it anymore. You know, sometimes when we're in shul and the rabbi says, we're collecting for a certain organization, can you help us out? So now you have, I really don't want to help the group because I don't want to lose out on money, but maybe I should. That he goes back and forth. And when somebody raises their hand, what do you say? Oh, he took it. Why? When it comes to a business deal, or let's say they're giving out credit cards. Each credit card has $50 on it. We're giving out credit cards. Who wants a credit card? Does anybody say that when it comes to money? Of course not. When it comes to money, everybody runs. Everybody has a yearning. Everybody has a desire to make money. When it comes to mitzvot, how come you're comfortable with the situation that I do not have to do the mitzvot right now? Yes, I understand. Hashem did not give you a Pesach Shani. But you know what happened? Because of the yearning, we have Pesach Shani right now. From two men that changed the whole world around. Why? Because their desire was so strong, they want to make the mitzvah. Everybody knows the famous Ma'aseh, well really it's in Midrash, Parashat Shemini. There was a father, he loved getting drunk. His boy said, if dad keeps on getting drunk, he won't have any money left in the inheritance. Then what's going to happen? He gets the money when he passes away, after thank you so much. When he passes away after 120 years, because he said, we're going to teach him a lesson. They take him, he's in the middle of being drunk, he's, he's so drunk right now, he doesn't know where he is. They take him, they pick him up, they take him to the cemetery, they find an open plot, an open grave, they put him in, and they leave him. What are they thinking? When he wakes up, when, the, when he wakes up from being drunk, he's going to see exactly where he is, he's going, what am I doing with my life? This is what I do all day, I get drunk. Everybody know. everybody has somebody that they know that loves getting drunk, okay? But this guy really loves getting drunk every single night. So this is what happens. They throw him into the grave and they leave. Three days they leave him in the grave. They come back after three days. They see him sucking on the bottle of wine. And not only that, around him, bottles of wine. We didn't leave him with any bottles of wine. Where did he get the bottles of wine from? What ended up happening... There were a few robbers, they robbed a liquor store. Now they're making, they're making their way home with all the bottles of wine, and they hear the authorities in the background. They hear the police in the background. Now they're passing by a cemetery. What do they do? They can't, they can't show that they smuggled all the, all, the, all the liquor. So what do they do? They throw all the liquor in the grave where this person is. He wakes up, and paradise. It's only God, he went to heaven. All the liquor in the world. Rabbi Eliyahu, that's fair. And what did the, what did the children decide on, do, on doing? They said, listen, we see his desire is so strong that from Shamahi, he changed the whole world around just to give him his liquor that he wanted to drink. His desire is so strong. What are we going to do? We're going to invite him every single day to our house and we'll buy him the liquor. We'll buy him the wine for him not to spend his own money on the wine. Why? Because we want the money at the end of the day. Rabbi he says, from here you learn. What's your desire? Your desire to drink? That's your desire. You're begging Hashem, Hashem, please. I want to drink so much. Just do anything. Just give me something to drink. 
even if it's something Barmilan Adela, Tochimlo, they help you out. Why? Because your yearning is so strong, your desire is so strong to do the certain item, Hashem will give it to you. He says, if this is what happens when a drunkard, what happens when we say to Hashem, Hashem, we really want something, and you know what, Hashem, we're stubborn. We're not going to take a no fun answer. We're going to keep praying. What is the Gemara Hashem If you see that you pray, and Hashem doesn't answer, you keep praying. Why am I being so stubborn? Sometimes I go to your, example, you go to your father. Dad, can I have this? No. What? Come on this. Dad, can I have this? No. Said it. Dad, can I have this? Excuse me. Do you not understand what no means? No, you cannot have it. And the only thing is not going to give it to you no matter what you say. A month goes by, he's not giving it to you. Yet the game around the second battle says, Keep on going. Keep on praying to Hashem. What? Yes, that's nice. Keep on praying to Hashem. Yes. Because when it comes to Mizmot and Ma'asim Tobin and bringing yourself closer to Hashem, the thing is being too stubborn. Go. Keep on doing it. Why? Because you have a Bittahon. You have a Bittahon. You have a guarantee from Hashem. If you show Hashem that you really want something, Hashem will give it to you. As we said, if there's a will, there's a way. You really want something so bad. As the father of Navajok said, there was a man who was arguing with his wife on his new career in life. He got older. He argued, what should my new career be? He wanted to be a shoemaker. His wife wanted him to be a watchmaker. Who do you think one of You think the wife one? No, he wanted to find it. Maybe the only time he wanted an uh, argument with his wife would be the only time. So he becomes... I should make it. He opened the store, 20 years goes by. But this is okay, it's not the greatest, but it's okay. Comes after 20 years, over there he's talking to the wife and saying, you know, putting out a listen to you. What are you talking about? Putting out a listen to you being a watchmaker. Because why? Because because 20 years, not one person came to my store requesting for me to watch. She looks at him, she goes, you're so smart, you're genius. Why would anybody come to your store requesting to fix their watch if you're a shoemaker? If you're a watchmaker, they will come to you to fix their watch. But if you're a shoemaker, they come to you to fix the shoes. So the Sadah and the Fajr says, that's exactly what happens with us. Whatever you want, Hashem gives us. You want to go and Barminan, make an Abira, it's open to you. You want to go in this bath, open to you. Whatever you want, Hashem will give you. Ah, why is Hashem helping you to an Abira? That's the whole point of it. That's the whole test in life. Will you choose to do that? But at the end of it, in your hands. You and only you. These two men, when they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, Moshe, we really want to do the mitzvah of Qurban Pesa. How come we're cut off? Moshe says, I don't know. Let me ask the same. Hashem says, they're right. Their yearning is so strong. Their desire is so strong. They want to do the mitzvah. I will give them mitzvah. Ah, why is it a disgrace and an embarrassment for Bani Israel? Because how come nobody, in the 40 years, nobody ever came to me and said, Hey, we want to make Qurban Pesach the first time. And Hodesh said, Oh, you just told me that she told me that one of the obligations to make Qurban Pesach when to get to Eretz Israel. I understand. I'm only obligated when I get to Eretz Israel. But how come I can't do it right now? I'm only obligated to go to school when I have to pray. 
But then if I go to school at a time where I don't have to pray, you know what you gain? I mean, Nabdishah, Kaddish, Hazara, Berachot. You get to learn a little bit. You're not obligated to go to school, but if you go to school, you're gaining. Over here, yes, you're right. For 40 years, you're not obligated to make a Zabesa because you're in the desert. And the only time it applies if you're in any place. But how come you never came to Moshe and said, Moshe, we want to make the first year for you make a Zabesa. The second how come you don't come to Moshe and say, Moshe, we want to make a Zabesa. I bet you, if they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and say, Moshe, we want to make a Zabesa. And he asked to Shem, Hashem will probably give them Zabesa even in the desert. And but I see their will. I see their heart. I see their desire. They really want to do it. I'll give it to them. The Hadith says, His wife will be cut off. He asks, They're almost Rahamanafadeh. The question is before. They have vows right now. They don't have to. They're not pure. He says, Yes, Lomar. We might be able to answer. They wanted so strongly to make a Batesah. Who established Pesach Shemi? Two men. Why? Because they wanted another Mitzvah. Because they weren't happy with, okay, I don't have to do it, so I don't have to do it. The shoes closed, fine, I don't have to go learn right now. No. You know, a person calls you, we're going to visit somebody in the hospital. You, you have to come to the Kohalim with us. One second. You, you have enough guys, you have a million, maybe, uh, you don't need a million for the Kohalim, but whatever. Uh, you have enough guys? Yes. Why? What does it do with anything? Come. Make a mitzvah. I understand if you're busy doing something, fine. You can't come. But you have nothing to do. Fine. One time, a person comes to show. Missing one person. For the tenth. For the million. So he comes in. Fine. Another guy comes. Now, he's not the tenth anymore. He's the eleventh. He says, fine. You have ten with me, but I'm leaving. Where are you going? I'm going home. Where are you going home? I don't know. Why not stay in shul? You're missing out of the amen. You're missing out of the berachot. Why not stay in shul? Usually people do that. They come to shul for uh, Oh, you have time with admin? Okay, I'm leaving. Why are you leaving? Again, we go back to what we said at the beginning. If it came to a business deal, you wouldn't leave. You would stay there extra hours. You would be there early in the morning. But why when it comes to Hashem's mitzvot, a loophole where a lot of people they go with the with the halakha where it says listen really this is the halakha but if you want to take the loophole fine you have you have a way out why why are you looking for way out why are you looking for loopholes loopholes are not good by the way people think loopholes why? Why don't you go with the stringent opinion? So Shem Mishmuel says, "In a person has a desire to serve Hashem, as ani arevlo shelo yelo gehinam. 
If a person wants to become so close to Hashem, I am a guarantee for him that he will not have Gehinnam. Gehinnam, and let's say in the end they put him in Gehinnam, I won't take him out of there. The desire of him wanting to go to Gan Eden will bring him in Gan Eden and take him out of Gehinnam. How strong it is a desire for somebody. And this desire can only accomplish this desire by learning Torah every single day. This alone will bring you to worship Hashem even more by your strong What does the Pasuk say? Yismach lev Hashem. What does that mean, mebakshe Hashem? Mebakshe Hashem, all those who are looking for Hashem. Well, I'm not looking for Hashem. I can't for Hashem. I'm not looking for Hashem. Fine, you came to class, but what's your intention of coming to class? Did you really come to class because you want to learn? Or did you come to class because you have nothing better to do? It's like mahlokit with. But obviously it's better to you have to come for the desire to do Hashem as well. Everybody knows the famous story of the rabbi who was looking for a shidduk for his daughter. He said, what's my criteria? Very easy. I go to shul. I ask them a very hard to support question on the Gemara. Whoever can answer the support question, that's the zivu for my daughter. He goes to shul. He goes to the yeshiva. He asks the rabbi of the yeshiva, who's your best student of the year? He goes to him, listen you interested in marrying my daughter? you have a picture? Right, I showed you a picture. He shows him a picture. Fine. I, I don't know who she is, but we'll marry her. What's the, what do I have to do? Where do I sign? Because one question. This is a Tosafot question. It's been bothering me for years. Nobody was able to answer it. Are you able to answer it? Well, I don't know the answer. He goes to the next guy. Same spiel. You want to marry my daughter? Picture. Here's a picture. What's the requirement? Answer the stuff all the question. He wasn't able to answer it. He goes around the 25 Bahurim. No one was able to answer the stuff all the question. He leaves the yeshiva. He says, okay, we got to try a different yeshiva. He's on his horse and carriage. He's making his way back home. All of a sudden, he sees from his rearview mirror. Horse and carriage doesn't have a rearview mirror. But he sees from his, uh, from his iPhone. If they had iPhone back then in the 1800s. So he sees that somebody's running to him. He tells the wagon uh, driver, Hold up, hold up. Wait one second. Somebody's running. Greg, watch. Nobody was able to answer. You weren't able to answer. What do you want right now? He goes, oh, what's the answer? What's the answer? He goes, you're the, you're the debut for my daughter. What do you mean? I, I didn't know the answer. You're right, you didn't know the answer. But you want to know the answer. If if you go and look for Hashem, you search for Hashem. Huh? Even if you don't know it, but you go and you look for Hashem. So I wanted to say, who were these two people? The Gemara tells us who these two people were. There's the Gemara Masechet Sukkah, Dafchav He'amud Bet. Rabbi Akiba Omer, Mishael Ve'esafan. Mishael Ve'esafan were the cousins of Moshe Rabbein. Shehayu Oskin Benadad Ve'abihu. They were busy in burying Nadab and Abihu. What happened to Nadab and Abihu? They went in, they gave Ketore, they were not allowed, so they got burnt on the spot. 
So I was thinking about this Gemara. What does Rabbi Atiba have to tell us that they were burying Nadab Ba'abihu? And why specifically Nadab Ba'abihu? Why not the brothers of Nadab Ba'abihu? Al-Azai Itamar. They were Kwanim Gadoli. So they were able to be Tamid to their family members. So I was thinking about it. I said, what happened with Nadab Ba'abihu? Nadab Ba'abihu obligated in Ketoret Rabotai. No. Nadab Ba'abihu were not obligated in Ketoret. And even the Pasuk attests to that and says, Asher lo otam. They were not allowed to bring Ketoret. Yet you know why they brought Ketoret? As we explained one time in Parashat Shemini, they had the desire to see Hashem the same way they saw Hashem when the skies, when the heavens opened up. When Hashem gave the Torah, we want to come close to Hashem so much, we're yearning for the day to come back to Hashem so much that we're willing to die. Ah, they learned the message from Nadab Abihu Moshe. They say they have this tokekut, the desire so much to come close to Hashem. We also have the desire to come close to Hashem. They come and say, hey, what happened to Kabbalah What happened to you a month late? Oh, I'm a month late. I want to go Kabbalah Sorry, it's every minute. No, 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 I'm not satisfied with that answer. Moshe, what can I do? And she says, let me ask Hashem. Hashem says, yes. They learned the lesson. Let me give it to them. Hashem Dafka writes this parashat, Pesach Shemi, and Dafka gives it, and he two people, Mishael and Safan, why? To show us the desire that you must have to Hashem when performing the Mizmot. Rab Nathan of Himinum, the students of Rab Nachman of Rasul, and the second, Likutea Alachot, or Achayim, and Chot, Birkata Mazen, Dalit, or Tiozbek. Because we learned concept also by the menorah. By the menorah it says, Miksha Zahab, one piece of gold. He took one block of gold, fashioned it. He didn't even know how to do it, Moshe Rabbeinu, until Hashem showed it to him. He fashioned it in one piece, and it all came to the menorah over here that we have over here. Imagine that all came from one piece of gold. No gluing anything together, no screws, no bolts, no nails, one piece. So Rav Nathan says, what's the meaning of Niksha Zahab? Niksha means one piece. But what does the word Niksha sound like? Kasheh. Stubborn. He says, You must be very stubborn when it comes to worshipping Hashem. When it comes to serving Hashem. When it comes to learning Torah. When it comes to performing with the Muslims. And anybody who is a bride to or made his way into the Abu Hashem knows this. What does he know? Yes, you will be made fun of. Yes, you will be ridiculed. You will be shunned. You will lose a lot of things along the way when you. When you have a desire to come close to Hashem. Yes, but you have to be stubborn. You can't give up. You have to be stubborn against all odds. And this is what Hashem glorifies in. Hashem glorifies in this and says, Tenu oz lelohim. What does that mean, Tenu oz lelohim? Oz bechinat azut Let me see you being stubborn. I like when you're stubborn, Hashem says. 
I want to see you being stubborn when it comes to mitzvot. When everybody makes fun of you, when everybody talks about you, yet you still go to the class. You still wake up early in the morning. You still put a kippah on when everybody around you doesn't put a kippah on. Because you know what? I'm stubborn when it comes to shit, just as if I'm stubborn when it comes to making money. This is what you learn from the menorah. So one piece from top to bottom. He says, you also have to be from top to bottom, all subject to confession. Top, here, keep up. Here, to Selim. Here, to Selim. Here, you have to from top to bottom, you have to be stubborn when it comes to worshiping Hashem. Rashi Akado says, we also learned this from Aaron Akohen. The beginning of the parasha, Hashem says, Aaron's job was, He would set up the menorah and light it 40 years in the desert. Rashi Akado says, Where's Aaron the equation? Where's Aaron the whole picture? Aaron had nothing to donate to the Mishkan. He became very upset. Maybe Hashem doesn't want any donations from me. Maybe Hashem doesn't love me. Maybe Hashem doesn't want my sacrifices. Maybe Hashem doesn't want my abodah, my mab. Not only me, the whole Shevet Levi did not partake in the inauguration of the Mishkan. Hashem answers him. What I'm giving you will be even greater to what I'm giving them. Because Aaron lasted for 40 years. They only gave the korbanot once. Not only that, the Ramban says, you know what it means, he's lighting the menorah. The mitzvah of the menorah is the mitzvah of Hanukkah. We have Hanukkah every generation. Why? Because the desire of Aharon to partake in the Mishkan gives us the mitzvah of Hanukkah, Michael. Rabbi says, what does it mean when Hashem says Aharon, Hayecha? I swear to you by your life. Usually when you say Hayecha, means I swear to you by your life. Anybody, you ever hear anybody use that phrase before? I, I promise you by your life. Hay, nobody uses that today. Hayecha. So he says, What does Hayecha mean? Rabbi Tzachak Borka says, Mehan she'ata margish she'nav she'cha tilu you can't live with yourself going to sleep and not partaking of the Mishkan. You feel as if you're going to die if you don't have a piece of the Mishkan. You know what? I'll give you a Mizvah. And your Mizvah is even greater than theirs. So Rabbi Haskel Levenstein, Zechit Hadibu Kalosh Baracha, asks, what is the Haron missing? Now, fine. God brings his Korban. Who has to sacrifice the Korban? Who puts it on the altar? A Haron. What's the Haron missing? Aaron took all the 12 korbanot, put them on the altar, and sacrificed them. So what are you making a big thing for? What are you making a big deal? Oh, I'm so sad. I wasn't able to partake. You did partake. 
So he says, Rabbi Haskalavutin says, if you ask a rich person, listen, you have a chance, he's very rich, very rich. You have a chance right now to make a business deal and your profit in millions. Do you want to do it? What kind of question is that? What does it look at you like he's off the moon? What kind of question is that? Make a million dollars and say no? And you tell him, how about, you got everything going for you. You have money. What is the answer to you? Oh, head cases. Who has money, who loves money, will never be satiated with money. Never satisfied with money. Give me more money and more money. Let's say he couldn't make it to work one day. And he has a business deal. And he knows in this business deal will make a nice profit. But he's sick. He can't move. Will he stay in bed or leave? Leave. Hey, you don't feel good. Okay. When it comes to money, I have the strength to go. Aaron Aquin, same thing, Rabbi Haskalah bin says. They come to Aaron and say, Aaron, what do you have to add more mitzvot for? You already sacrificed all the 12 karbanot. Not enough. You mean not enough? You weren't able to sacrifice. You weren't able to do more. Hashem didn't give you more. Not enough. I want more. The desire of Aaron to have so much. Aaron, what's, what does the word mitzvah mean? Mitzvah. Commandment. But what does it come from what word? Sab. Command, yes. But even a stronger word. In Hebrew, there's a word, safta. Not safta with the son, that means grandmother. Safta with a tzaddi. Safta means to connect, to come together. You know what a mitzvah is? Every mitzvah brings you closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So why do you want to lose out on the mitzvah? What the case will lose out of the mitzvah? You have a chance to do a mitzvah right now, but no, you have a chance to connect with Hashem, but you say no? I don't say, I have a chance to add another mitzvah to my repertoire, and I'm going to say, of course I'm not going to say no. That's the meaning of lama nigara. Why shall we be cut off? What do you mean you can't do it? I don't care. I don't take no for an answer. And that's a very big disgrace on Am Yisrael. Why I'm saying for 40 years that you say no? For 40 years you said you couldn't bring a korban. How come you don't come to Hashem just like these two men and say, we want to do the korban? The Betcher says, Ora Hayim, Taf Resh, Tzadi Halachatet, says, he brings down the Teshubah of the Ran and the Ribash. Because now when a person has to open a store, grand opening for a store, is he okay? Does he settle with mediocre things, with mediocre signs, with mediocre merchandise? Of course not. It's the inauguration of the store. It's the grand opening of the store. He brings the best awning, the best signs, caters food from the best caterer. Why? Because he wants to make business. He wants the business. He says, Al ahad kama ve kama ken how much is this mezuzah? $72. How much is this one over here? $18. i will give me the $18 one. Why? Why? If you don't have money, I understand. Even Hashem knows. If you don't have money, fine. But why are you looking always for the cheap way out? How much is this at You know, if you wait to... Five hours before the Eid, 
Before the holiday, you could go to Bar Park and get the whole set for you, for your children, for your wife, for your grandmother, for eighteen dollars. Yeah, let me wait. Why? Shemay say why? When it comes to the marble tile on your floor in the house, you don't go to the mediocre. You go to the best quality. But when it comes to mitzvot, why are you settling for the for the for the bottom line? Why for the not bottom line? For the, you know what I'm talking about? For the, for the cheaper quality. This is coming, we're coming to connect our subtack a little bit. Do you know what it means? You're coming to connect your subtack a little bit. Why are you looking for the way out? Why are you looking for the kulvot? And who talks about the kulvot? Kata hayim. Kata hayim, siman kof nul hek. Kata kata hayim polachi, kata hayim nabiya akof hayim sofit. He says, Kato bil sha'ar bil gulim, habdama khabzit. Kishema alim ta'at, read you the word. You come to Christ tonight. You learn something. Every time you learn something new, it's expected of you to act in a better way than yesterday. Again. Every place you go to, every shiur you hear, every mitzvah you do, you're elevating yourself, and it's expected of you from Hashem right now to elevate yourself tomorrow even higher than what you were yesterday. And he says, Al-Kin, Yesh hasidim nizharim nenef ahad dibreha mahmir af'al-gab denifum dinahum mutaq. People, some people run after the stringent. Can I eat not halal Israel? Well, I don't know, but if you eat halal Israel, not only is it better, but you're fulfilled the obligation of all she told. Is there anybody that says, I can eat not halal Israel? Yes, well, I'll go with that, Rabbi. Is there anybody that says, I don't have to eat past Israel? Okay, Mahayashan? Yes. Why? Why? Why are you running after the rabbis that say kula? It's okay to do. Says Someone asked him, Do I have to wear kippa or not? Bottom line, okay, you didn't hear this from me. You can open it. I think it's Halak Al. I'm not sure. He says, Do you have to wear kippah? You do not have to wear kippah. It's Midat Hasidu. But you know what happens? Everybody knows that you are doing Torah. Everybody knows that you learn Torah. Everybody sees you going to shoot. Wearing two different Rashid Abdel Usam. Shaking in the Amida. Now you know they're going to see you in the streets with Aratika. What is the look on your hat? You know, somebody called me two days ago. And I hope the person doesn't hear this. I have to tell you what happened. Somebody called me two days ago and he said, There's a person that you know that's trying to recertify himself to be a Mashiach in our, I'm not going to tell you which organization because I don't want to give it away. We want to recertify him. But we want to ask your opinion of him. I said, one second. Before I tell you my opinion of him, why did you take away his certificate in the first place? So they said, he was a Mashiach for us. 
However, we saw him walking in the street without a yarmulke. I said, okay, and that's grounds enough to take away his certificate? He said, of course it's grounds enough. Why? Because he, he's representing our organization as our Messiah. How does it look on us if our Messiah is walking around without a tifa, without a yarmulke? So they have a certification away from him. So I said, okay, so now why do you want to give it back to him? <laughs> and they said, maybe in a year, he just pushed you by and he's a better Jew. I said, one second, does your decision have to do with answer? They said, yes. I said, I'd rather not answer. I don't know the guy well enough. I'm going to ruin his whole future because of my answer. I really hope he didn't hear me. He's probably not going to hear me. But I said, I, I can't answer you. But I, I, I see where they're coming from. You're representing Hashem. You're a Ben Torah. He says over there, actually, Hakam of Allah He says, you belong to the Haredim. Haredim is Barashim. You belong to the people that learn Torah. How dare you walk around in the streets of Yamaka? How dare you walk around the streets without a kippah? What are they going to say about you? Oh, there's not outside he went to class? What are you going to class for? What was the point of his class that he went to? See the ta'ava, that is the desire we have to have in life. Our desire is not to make more money. Our desire is not to drive in fancy cars. Our desire is not to build bigger homes. Our desire is what can we do to come close to HaKadah's level? There are many desires in the world. Which desire do you want to cling to? Well, yes, to have fun. Which desire do you want in life? We see another desire in this week's parasha. And I'm trying to learn Kavzehu on the Mit'onimim. We know the Mit'onimim, they complain. Hey, how come we don't have meat? How come we don't have um, squash? How come we don't have watermelon? How come we don't have fish? So the complaint that Moshe Rabbin. However, I want to learn a big kabzichut on them. Where I get this kabzichut? Listen to what the Meir and the Hachamim says, the Rabbi of Asrovza. This is the Gemara and Abu Dazara, the Piyotheit. The Pihayna and the Biyonatan were walking with the sheep. Fork in the road to get to their destination. One path leads to Abu Dazara. They have to pass by Abu Dazara to get to their destination. The other path leads to Abraham. To, uh, to get to their destination. So what the rabbi tells the other rabbi, let's go in the way of the Abu Dazara because we don't have a yes or to Abu Dazara because she over there explains that the rabbi prays Abu Dazara and absorbs it and got rid of Abu Dazara of yes, uh, 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 of Abu Dazara. So let's go that one. The other rabbi tells him, no, no. Let's go the other way because we have a yes of ladies we will go that way, we will overcome our desire of the lady, and we will get reward for it. What? So they go on the way of the He runs inside the house. Usually outside because that's their business. You see the rabbis passing by, they run inside the house. So when they finally get to their destination, the rabbis tell the other rabbis, where did you get this from? How do we know that if we pass by the brothel, the so not have, nothing will happen to us. So he quotes in the Pasuk and Mishle, The Torah will safeguard you, will guard you, will watch over you not to make any other. So now we see that there is a concept of a person putting himself in a situation to maybe make other 
and overcoming it, not to make adil, which means he has a desire to choose good or bad, but he specifically chooses the bad because he wants to overcome his desire, his bad, and therefore get a reward for it. That's exactly what happened with the people complaining about the man. They were not happy with the man. That if Eric Shalomov quotes the Baal Shem Tov, when they said, We want meat. Why are you complaining about the meat? You have to know the man tasted like anything you want it. You want Philemon, you want medium rare, you want well done, you want rare. What do you want? You want tofu? What are you looking for? The man and everything. What are you complaining me after everything? He says, now, as we all know, we eat. After we eat, usually, we go to the bathroom. Why do we go to the bathroom after we eat? Because in every food, there's a part tob and a part ra. Every, every, ever since Adam and Ishmael ate from the tree of knowledge, everything in the world, everything, and I mean everything, food, clothing, inanimate objects, everything, is me'urbab, has a mixture of tov and ra. Our job in this world is take the ra, kiss the ra, and leave the tov. That's what the body does also. The food that we eat, the body alone gets rid of the ra and leaves the tov in our body. He said, by the man, we don't go to the bathroom. Because there's no ra in the man. We don't want that. We want to overcome our yesara in order to take out the bad from the good. Throw away the bad and leave only the good. We can't do that with the man. So the Ba'ashev says, Mi Ashmenu Basad, they wanted it. Dasa. Ah, that's the next thing. The Benayi Sakhar says, He does not know. How do you know? You wrote my book before? He says, I don't know what the Barakha of the man was. He says, Why? Because what's the point of Barakha? When you make it in a that alone separates the bad from the good. But there's no bad in the man, so maybe there's no baraka. However, the Benish Hai and other rabbis say the baraka was a Muslim Yahmin al Shamayim. That was a baraka. The Hayim the Shalom says, David Hayim the Shalom says, the man, how many barakhas do you mean on the man? One. According to the opinion that we say, there is a baraka. One baraka. They said, but we're obligated to make a hundred barakhas a day. How are we going to make a hundred barakhah a day if we only have man? Therefore, they complain that that the man, they wanted meat, they wanted fish, they wanted fish, they wanted vegetables. Make more mizvot. Therefore, when we make more mizvot, we have the opportunity now to overcome our yesterala, and therefore it will be a reward to us. So, according to what we said right now, why did I shouldn't punish them? Because there's a way to ask for something. When they asked that they wanted Hashem to give them more berachot, and they wanted the basah to be metakein, to separate the good from the bad, it's in the way that they asked it. When they asked it by Ashubu, by Yibku, God said, it says they cried to Hashem. What are you crying for? Just come over to me, like the two men came over to me and said we want to make them his vote. We want to make the Qurban Pesach. Come over to me. But no, you cry and you complain. It's in the way that you ask it. Oh, really? If you really wanted to make more mitzvah, right? And separate the girl like that. Why are you complaining why to take us out of Egypt? We remember the fish that we used to eat for free. 
Who gave you fish for food? What are you talking about? They used to come and get them. Don't give me that baloney. If you really want to and have the desire to come close to Hashem, and you want some more food, Hashem would give it to you. But it's all in the way that you ask. And you know why this came about? Then the Halat Yaakov says, right before this happened, he says, Vayisru me'ar Hashem. The Maram Masech HaShabbat says, Ketinok haboreyach mitzvet ha-sefe. They ran away from Han Sinai, the Chilak, no more mitzvot. We don't want any more mitzvot. He gave us the Atez and Berot, not enough. We don't want any more mitzvot. Oh, when you run away from the mitzvot, does that show that you're going to have a desire to make a mitzvot? No, of course not. Opposite of Aharon. Aharon showed us he had a desire. He had so many mitzvot. He had the shaitan of all the kumpanot. The small kumpanot wasn't enough for him. He wanted to add another one. The two men that went and buried Nadab Abihu, they come back, they're missing other mitzvah. We want the mitzvah, but you're honest. The only emergency you weren't able to do it. It's not enough. We won't take no for it, we want to do it. We want to make another mitzvah. And I said, good to do this. It's all in the way that you ask. So then, I want to learn to have Yahud and Mitzvah. I want to look at them in, the, in, a, in a positive light. We try to look at them in a positive light, but the outcome of the action is what cause their downfall. Is what is very hard for us to see that we're doing it to Hashem Shaman. Even though the Ba'ashem says, in the Ba'ashem, actually, I forgot to read you what the Ba'ashem says. Hashem tells us, tells them, you, the only reason why you want Basar is to separate the good and bad. If I give you the man, I know what I'm doing. I know that you don't have to have the tikkun of separating the good and the bad. So why are you complaining and thinking that you're smarter than me and requesting for me to give you more food to separate the good and the bad? I know what I'm doing. So again, it's all in the way that you ask. Hashem should help us realize that the only desire... The only yearning we should have is to come close to Hashem, to come close, and when we show Hashem and we bang on the table like the Vavitcher Rabbi says, we bang on the table and we say, Hashem, we're not taking no for an answer. We want Mashiach right now. Hashem ki'ilu, kabiachol. We have tied Hashem's kabiachol hands together, and Hashem has no choice other than bring us Mashiach Hashem.